Hello, and welcome to the Church Can Happen Anywhere podcast. I'm Pastor Chris, the lead pastor at Peace Tree. Today, we'll be listening to a message that was preached by Dr. Harry Durbin on Sunday, March the 13th, the second Sunday in Lent this year. We've been using a new book written by Amy Jill Levine called Witness at the Cross, A Beginner's Guide to Holy Friday as our guide for Sunday morning worship, as well as our small group discussions and our Thursday morning Bible study that takes place at our church building. The witnesses which Dr. Durbin focuses on in this message are the other two victims who were crucified on either side of Jesus, especially the one who spoke these words, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. If you're on spring break right now with the family, driving to or from your destination, or maybe listening to this podcast on a lunch break while at work, I pray that this finds you well, that you feel the presence of God with you right now, and that you hear a word from the Almighty contained in Dr. Durbin's message. So let's hear from him right now. The theme for today is Jesus, remember me. Words spoken by one of Jesus' fellow victims. It is a prayer, and it is a desperate plea for hope, and I invite you to make it your prayer today. Jesus, remember me. When I say those words, Jesus, remember me, remember that they followed by other words, a request that the criminal had. Not only to remember him, but to remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say? He said, yes. This morning, I want you to see a slide. There's a picture of the crucifixion. It's from the 16th century, but I want to imagine that you join the scene and that you too are one of those gathered at the cross. Find yourself a place in that scene. Find yourself a place remembering the gift that Jesus made, the truth that three men died on that hill, And think for just a moment about what you might experience. What do you see? What do you see? And what do you feel? What do you see and what do you feel? The gospel this morning is from Luke. It's Luke 23, begin verse 39. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly. 
for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The one verse that most Jesus followers know begins, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Amy Jill Levine, in her book, Witness at the Cross, which we are studying and learning from in all of our peace tree settings these days of Lent, she reminds us that three men died on that occasion. And she reminds us that God's love is far-reaching and that grace abounds for both insiders, the people that she calls those who are incarcerated, and for outsiders, the ones of us who are not locked up. And to push the language in another way and in a different direction, we know that in our culture itself, we're always referring to those who are on the inside, insiders who have influence and power, and outsiders who are always being left out. Well, she has one of the most poignant sentences in her book that I've met in a long time. God forbid. God forbid that we would be known by the worst thing we ever did. Thief, bandit, cheater, tax evader, adulterer. You get that, don't you? What if we were known and labeled by the worst thing we had ever done? I want that word to sink in because I need that word and all of us need that word. Because we need to know that grace follows us from the worst thing we've ever done to the best thing we've ever done. And that all of those who gather in our culture and in our life and in our neighborhoods are people that God loves. He loves insiders and outsiders. He loves outsiders and insiders. He loves us all. And to reject the idea of the Holy Spirit is when we believe that we have done something that would make God not love us. Let me offer to you today this powerful word. There is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing you can do or have done that will make God or keep God from loving you. When we choose Jesus, there's an opportunity in life to know that not only are we loved by God, it's a love that spreads to others as we meet them. There is a radiance of Christ's glory that shines in us. When we are baptized, when Gabriel was baptized today and when you've been baptized, we take on a life that says we are committed to follow as we grow up 
in the way of Jesus and that his light might shine through us. Mary Earl is a good writer and she is an Episcopal priest and she wrote these words about how Christ's light shines. She said, I think of my neighbor who's been homeschooling her middle school age children during COVID while also making sure they get outside, play, come to help out with chores from time to time. Glory in the household. I think of all the volunteers who've worked at food banks, tirelessly offering food to families in need with smiles and kindness. Nothing smacks of condensation. They are there simply to help. I think of all the medical personnel who are laying down their lives in the hospitals to bring healing to those who can't breathe. Think of all those who work for racial equality and those who continue to put themselves at risk in the hope of bringing a renewed society into being. All around us, every day, every day as we look around, we are witnesses to that spirit-led freedom to love and to serve. And God, because his light shines through us, is glorified. There's an opportunity to know each day that we can choose to be loved and we can choose to love. We can choose to find home with God on our journey. One writer says, I deeply know that I have a home in Jesus just as Jesus has a home in God. I know too that when I abide in Jesus, I abide with him and God. And then Henry Nowen puts it even more succinctly, my true spiritual work is to let myself be loved fully and completely and to trust in that love. I keep trying to bring my wandering, restless, anxious self. Isn't that a good description of us, our wandering, restless, anxious selves home so that I can rest there in the embrace of God's love? When we choose love and choose home, we have chosen to take up our cross and follow him. I want you to think about Jesus' death for just a moment. His declaration on the cross was to reach out in grace and love to bandits, thieves, criminals, evildoers, however you might want to describe them. But he reached out in love. And that was his mission from the beginning until the end. He began by proclaiming good news to the poor and release of captives. And in the end, he is extending the assurance of God's love to last forever and ever and ever. Good news. Good news, not just for the sweet by and by, not just heaven someday, not just somewhere in the future, but today, today, seeking and finding the Lord's favor. There is a poem, and I want you to find yourself in this poem. When I say I'm a Christian, when I say I am a Christian, and I'm not going to give you the author because it's in dispute who the author is. You can look it up if you want to. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not shouting, I'm clean living. I'm whispering I was lost, now I'm found and forgiven. When I say I'm a Christian, I don't speak of this with pride. I'm confessing that I stumble and need Christ to be my guide. 
when I say I'm a Christian, I'm not trying to be strong. I'm professing that I am weak and need the strength to carry on. When I say I'm a Christian, I'm not bragging of success. I'm admitting I have failed and need God to clean up my mess. When I say I'm a Christian, I'm not claiming to be perfect. My flaws are far too visible, but God believes I am worth it. When I say I am a Christian, I can feel the sting of pain. I have my share of heartache, so I call upon his name. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not holier than thou. I'm just a simple sinner who received God's good grace somehow. Here's the takeaway this morning. If we can allow this prayer to be on our hearts, and on our lips and in our minds. And that prayer is the same reach that the thief made to Jesus. And it's Jesus, remember me. Because he was not worthy to receive that gift of grace. I'm not worthy. Surprise, I'm sorry, you're not worthy. None are worthy. Casey Baggett was applying for ordination in the United Church of Christ denomination. She'd met all her requirements and they were preparing for the service. And she was reading through the service, reading in the prayer book, and she noticed something that disturbed her. And it was only two or three days before the time for ordination. She just had not reviewed it well enough. And there was a part in the service, and this is not in our United Methodist ordination vows in the exact same way, but in their ordination, there comes a point in the service in which there is a single voice that says to the congregation, they respond, and the single voice says, she is worthy. And then the hundreds of people there for the ordination she was anticipating they are to respond in turn. She is worthy. She read through that, and she read through that, and she read through that, and she said, I can't do that. I can't do that. There are a lot of people who are so much worthier than me, and I cannot have that said in that public setting. This declaration, she is worthy. She is worthy. She went to her mentor who was going to help with the service and who was helping lead it. And she said, I'll never forget his response. Well, we're keeping it in the service. Two reasons. First of all, the bulletins are printed. <laughs> Secondly, more importantly, we're keeping it in because you have missed the point. The affirmation isn't so much about you as it is about God. The affirmation isn't so much about you as it is about God. It's the congregation saying that we believe in a God so loving, so powerfully compassionate that he can transform most any willing soul into being worthy, even you. Even you, Casey. Even you.
I can imagine that we too might be embarrassed and take notice if some crowd of people stood in front of us or around us or with us and said, he is worthy or she is worthy. But it can be said, not because we've done something to earn that spot, but because Jesus did something to enable us to be called worthy. Jesus, remember me. Remember me, the text says, when you come into your kingdom. Pat corrected me on this in the Bible study the other day. I was quoting a song, and I said it was a children's song, and he said it was an adult song. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owe a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owe a debt I could not pay. I needed someone, I needed someone, I needed someone to wash my sins away. Two things now. I'm going to invite you in a moment to close your eyes and I want you to whisper something if you're able. Three words. Jesus, remember me. And then after we've had that moment of prayer and reflection, we would have said it. Then Daniel's going to come up and lead us to sing it. Jesus, remember me. Would you bow for a moment? If you can find a moment of feeling comfortable to pray it, in a whisper, would you pray the prayer, Jesus, remember me. Amen and amen. Church can happen anywhere, and I pray that God is speaking to you today. If you're out of town with your family on spring break, I pray that you are safe and having a fun time as you make memories together. We do have a lot of things happening at Peachtree in the upcoming weeks, including open gym play for our pickleball friends and neighbors, uh, a new pickup basketball night that's going to be coming to our gym on Wednesdays, a new family literacy program sponsored by our friends at the Shelby Literacy Center, formerly the Carrierville Literacy Council. And we'll be hosting the Guatemalan Mobile Consulate on Saturday, April the 2nd, and Sunday, April the 3rd. So reach out to us over our website, peacetree.church. That's P-E-A-C-E-T-R-E-E.church. Or you can message us over our social media accounts to learn more about any of these events. Just search for Peace Tree UMC. And please consider subscribing to this podcast if you have not done so already. Tell your friends about us. And we thank you so much for tuning in this week. We'll see you soon.